0: That's chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that thinks it's alright to kick Hibbs players, but you've got to pick your moments. This week on Heart and Hand, is Alan McGregor having the manopause? <laughs> So, Welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers Podcast. My name David Edgar. I am your host, as always, and I'm joined this week by two of my very favourite podders. First of all, the mellifluous strains of Mr Martin Ramsey.
0: Good afternoon, David. Good afternoon, listeners.
2: And uh, joining us from what sounds like uh, the great outdoors on this Bank Holiday Monday is Cameron James Bell. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, listeners. Uh, yes, it is. It's
1: a, I'm saying good evening, but it's a beautiful afternoon, actually, to Edinburgh. And um, it's great to be here, because I know very soon I'll be leaving. And uh, that's yeah. going to be the benefit of the, the very, very uh,
2: short trip to come through here. Yeah, well, you live on the East Coast, of course, these days, so you, you should be more at least uh, primed to the accents and stuff these days, eh? You can uh, put up with it, eh?
1: Uh, yeah, if you want to say that, yes. But the, like I say, you, you always have that yearn for home as soon as you get further and further away from it. That's the problem.
2: Yes, uh, well, I always got a yearn for home any time I'm on the East Coast. But that's... Uh... That's a different story. And of course, uh, it was the East Coast coming to us yesterday as the Spoonburners arrived in Glasgow, looking to maintain their unbeaten run this season against Rangers. Uh, I think a few of us, Martin, felt that maybe that run had been a little bit unfair on us. I think we should have won matches. We got over the line yesterday just about. I thought a good first-half performance and then a pretty diabolical game all in in the second half.
0: Yeah, similarities to the Aberdeen game in the first half we were. Probing away, trying uh, to play through the middle a lot more as we we have been doing the past few weeks, then always come off. But at least some of the ideas were were, were good, and we, we we looked a wee bit confident, uh, a wee bit more confident. Uh, nice goal, and the second half was very much uh, a kind of uh, end of season fair. Really, uh, just look at match of the day last night, and yeah, if, if 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 teams have got nothing to play for, it it's 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 hard.
2: Or in Manchester United's case, when teams do have something to play for. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, it can affect everybody this uh, this end of the season. cost uh, I spot on there. Can we add uh, the second half? Uh, even when Hibs had the ball, I thought, nah, they're on the beach, you know. Um, and I watched the game back this morning. The movement from both teams was non-existent. They were both knocking it about. Uh, almost with a kind of I'm not going to bust a gut here, I'm not getting injured sort of vibe to both teams. Rangers we've won this match, we don't need to do anything else. we will get a chance and hopefully we'll take it. They of course did get a chance and a wonderful save from Alan McGregor, a genuinely top class save from Alan McGregor that looked as though he'd be the hero and both sides of Shagger um, first of all he got the, the that magnificent save. Nothing to do. Really nothing to do for 88 minutes. And then he pops up and yeah, saves his two points. Uh, top class. Top class Rangers goalkeeper. Not just a top class goalkeeper. And then, of course, talk us through Cami. I mean, well, Cammie's a qualified ref, folks. So and normally we get him on. And so talk us through this contentious decision. I think we're all pretty okay on the biomechanics of how this one went down. But tell us about it anyway. Yeah, so it's it's pure petulance from McGregor,
1: who I, I think, if I'm being honest with you, has had this uh, red card in the bank um, across the course of this season. He's in he's, the ca- he's, uh, he's he's had it in the chamber there anyway. Yeah, yeah, and and I think uh, he, he just again has been just too stupid. He's been wound up by uh, Mcnulty and. Very simply, has cleared the ball away. McNulty has just kind of flicked out a small leg to be able just to try and distract him more than anything else, rather than making a concerted effort to, to block the, the the kick from McGregor. And um, McGregor's quite clearly lashed out at him and um, then fell to the ground pretending he was injured, which obviously convinced absolutely nobody. Um, stupid, stupid uh Piece of play which uh, you know probably sums up where he's kind of been at this season. He's been instrumental in us being able to to get our defensive record in a much much better place than it was last season. You know we've 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 conceded only half the amount of goals that we did this time last season. Al McGregor is absolutely one of the primary reasons for that, and also um, just sheer sheer stupidity from him. Um, I hate saying it, but Bobby Madden got every single decision completely correct yesterday. Um, And as much as Michael Stewart doesn't like it, um, unfortunately, Madden had no option but to uh, call the game as he saw it. And that's just the way how it goes, you know.
2: Yeah, if you wanted an example of what is wrong with a lot of modern thinking, Martin, Michael Stewart's a good walking example of it that he said, oh, I don't understand why he didn't allow the corner to be retaken. For those of you who don't know what we're referring to, um, the Rangers fans in the corner had kept the ball just before the corner. When the corner was taken, they threw the ball on and the referee, uh, instead of ordering a retake, which I think most people thought was the rule, it's not. Uh, it's a drop ball. Michael Stewart said, well, I don't see why they weren't allowed to hit the corner. People pointed out it was the rule, but he doesn't let the rules bother him. It's, no, I... it's this modern thing of I think this is what it should be, therefore, that's what it is.
0: Well, the prosaic, rule-based answers generally don't get you uh, traction on Twitter and social media, so that will be why, I guess.
2: Yeah, it's much more much more dull, but to the red card itself, as Cammy said, this is not something, right? I, like most people in the stadium, when he flashed the red card, I was like, what? What the hell's going on? And then immediately, I was with big Andy McGowan, and Andy said to me, you know, would you believe that he did something? I said, Aye, sadly. I go we'll need to wait and see it, but we do the thing you do at the game where you text your mates that are at home and go, Was it a red card? And they all went, Aye, Stonewaller and that's the problem because it's not out of character. And I'd love to sit here and defend Al McGregor and say, Well, it was a really tense game, well he got wound up, well the boy had been at him the whole match I it's totally out of character for Shagger. It's red man, I still apologize and it's done. But none of that's true.
1: The, the problem that you've got with this scenario as well is he had absolutely zero provocation for that happening. I mean, none. I mean, he was virtually redundant for not only the Hibs game, but also the Aberdeen game. If he's getting bored, I understand it. But do you know what? Fucking come up with a game
2: that you can play whilst the football's been played to entertain yourself, for fuck's sake. Is there it, any it, rule it, about taking on a small handheld gaming device? And well, I'm thinking, behind the, behind yeah, we could just, I, just, even if he's really struggling, just look towards the stands to the left and right of them.
1: Don't look behind you in case, obviously, they decide to have a fucking shot for the halfway line or whatever, but just go and have a look at a bird. There must be some birds who sit in the enclosure and all that. You know, just look at them and give them a wee wave and all of that kind of stuff. Chris would just just walk in front of his 18-yard box Constantly doing windmills and and rotating exercises for his arms because he was so bored
2: because he went about forty minutes without touching the ball. I There's listen no podcast. Whenever I, I have to do exercise, <laughs> that I find Alan, if Alan <laughs> wants to get in touch. I'm sure we can we can sort of it. But Martin, this is as I say, it's not our character. It's that's the sad thing. It's we all when we saw it, we went, "Yep, okay, fair enough." And uh, incidentally, to those listening who don't support Rangers in Scottish football. It is possible, as we're demonstrating here, I hope, that sometimes you get a red card and you go, do you know what? It wasn't the Masons. It wasn't the establishment. It was just a red card. Um, And this one was. Yeah,
0: it was. Uh, Cammy kind of hit the nail on the head a, a wee minute ago. It, this has been in the post for a while. Uh, his petulance has been pretty consistent for four Months really since it's been, yeah. It sounds pretty really, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, again, touching on what, what you've said about the game, it's not as if it's a game that was highly charged, had a lot of jeopardy in it. Um, there was some niggle, uh, it's it, see, and there's been other occasions that it, very much like that in, in the, the, the last few months as well. It's almost like he's confecting it a wee bit. And it was amusing to start with uh, when he would, you know, be in at referee's ears for every single thing um, because he got uh, he got a bit of a doing it at Um but he's the senior pro here on this team. Now whether he needs to do it to get himself kind of fired up or, what, or whatever, I, I honestly don't know. But it, it it was becoming a wee bit tiresome before before that incident, yeah. It's just it's just embarrassing. His I mean, main issue of... is
1: and, and, and what I'm really concerned about more than anything else is we've played far bigger games than this. Uh with, with with greater tempo, with greater, you know, meaning and and he he, he has been as quite as a church person, and then he just does games like this where there was no reason for him to do what he was doing other than the fact that like, Steve McNulty had come in at a corner ten minutes beforehand and I absolutely went through the vacuum or whatever. And even if it'd been the case that we'd had a bit of a kind of needle with Hibs across the course of the season, and then you know he hit maybe you know he remembered one from a previous game and he kept it. There's none of that at all with this. None of it whatsoever. He's got no reason to do what he's he's, he's done. See if McNulty had 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 hit him or they'd been on the deck or whatever something had happened, then I would understand it because he has been kicked before McGregor. Don't get me wrong. He, he, I mean he's lashed out and he's been in the end of it as well. And it's just goalkeepers. That's what happens. But there was absolutely nothing whatsoever in that game which could, could necessitate what he did. I mean, nothing. And the worst thing is, it's not even conspicuous. He's not doing it on the sly. If you were sitting in the Copeland and you saw that, the only way how you're not going to see that as being an immediate red card is because you're standing and you can't see McGregor behind McNulty. If you are sitting in the Govan, right down at the corners or in the enclosure, and you can see it as a linesman would have seen it, it's a it's
2: a blatant, blatant kick. Oh, just... Nobody's, I mean, it's, it's like, and I think, as you said, it's compounded by the arg my leg, um, that he does after <laughs> it. <But laughs> we just don't go for it at Rangers. It's, and we do defend our players. I mean, you just need to look at Morelos this season. And, and, on here, and I don't really want to, you know, beat up an Alan again because he has a, a fantastic player for us. But it, if it had been an aberration, if it had been... Wow, where did that come from? Then I think we all would have said, "Right, fair enough." But it, it's been it, it's been so obviously since this suspension, which he clearly felt was unjust. Fair enough, but I'm not sure, Martin, how going out and getting yourself suspended for an old fun match is is showing them and sticking sticking it to the man.
0: No, but it it wasn't a premeditated kick, so all of that is kind of irrelevant. It's it's in this. It, He's he's uh, his elbows and his kicks uh, that goes right back to the start of the season as well. Um, so whether it's something he needs just to get himself fired up or whatever, or to make a statement, whether that's the team that's been doing that this this season because our disciplinary record has been appalling, uh, uh, but whether that's that's been deliberate to show that we're we're not going to get pushed around anymore, etc. etc. I, I don't know, but it. These guys aren't, are no use to us in the stands. Absolutely, none.
1: I think uh, this is this is an interesting counterbalance to the fact that when we've spoken about Morelos being in a not the similar position for literally the same thing. Mm. You see, we are now going to miss your goals because you're sitting in the stands. Al McGregor, about three minutes before this all happened, showed exactly the reason why he has to be yeah, on yep. the park. And I'm sorry, but this is where I, I get a little bit peeved at the whole morelos immaturity, you know he 's too young, but blah, blah McGregor's nearly twice his age, and he should know better so. I think Martin's right. There is maybe this attitude that's kind of coming out, and we just need to be able to try and bring that in. There's just, I think we're now sitting at something like twelve or thirteen red cards 12. throughout the course. Twelve, yeah,
2: the manager uh, the to course
1: of that, yeah, throughout the course of the season. I could give you a handful of them off the top of my head, all of which are easily, easily avoidable, and I would include our field's one at Tyne Castle for that as well, which was was massively excessive. The thing that I'll also clear up as well, David, just while we're talking about it at the moment as well, that isn't such a thing as a as a, an encroachment of McGregor as he's releasing the ball from his hand. I know that I've seen that in social media. Oh, yeah, I
2: thought that, there.
1: Yeah. Oh. yeah, some, some of the, 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 the guys were talking about it. So you don't, it's not like a free kick or a corner or a throw-in where you have to respect the distance. You guys will both remember like, you know, when you but, used to take throw-ins. The, the, ref, the ref did give a free kick to Rangers, though. He did, but I would believe that that was fun. Well, he didn't. That's actually not technically true. I think what he did was he gave a free kick for the um... Initial flick out by McNulty to stop the ball coming out from him But then I think the linesman has told him something has happened oh, At yeah, that yeah. point the, he's immediately stopped
2: uh, the game I, I don't mean that but, but what I mean is, is that quite often You see referees give a free kick when the striker So it may not be termed encroachment But they do tend to tell strikers don't try and block kick outs from a goalie Yeah typically what it
1: will be is it'll be to, to stop uh, the restart of the game and so, obviously, when ah, the ball right. is in hand, exactly. you can't do it. And then you dope. take it from there, and then take it in there. But then I think the other thing with this, and it's probably worth coming back to as well, which was I think just beautifully fucking idiotic yesterday was the drop ball. Um, so basically, as David was saying earlier on, heads are about to take a corner. The drop, uh, the 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 another ball which he went into stand was thrown back in from behind the the, the goal at the Brimlin. Bobby Madden immediately says, "Right, okay, I've got to stop the game. It's a drop ball." And clearly no one, including David Gray, knew what to do with this. So he actually said, I'll I'll drop the ball. And he's afraid to contest it. The ball drops. And I think Ryan Jack tries to hit it. Mm. Then Goldson pushes him out of the way and says, I'll hit it. And he just knocks it all the way back up there. There's nothing wrong with what he did. But David Gray purposely didn't challenge for it. Michael Stewart's obviously going crazy in sports scenes saying, well, you know, this is now a precedent. This should now, this will be what happens. Well, it's happened before because we've seen it before, albeit it hasn't necessarily happened at corners I've seen it happen more at throw-ins if I'm being honest but that's the rules of the game that's what happens and if you're being honest with me, how many times are you going to see a drop ball getting contested in the 18-yard box, which probably won't lead to a penalty
2: because you just end up booting the other person I just haven't seen a drop-ball contested by that one at the last NFL game in years. And I think the fact that it went viral on social media almost immediately shows you how rare a contested drop-ball is in in these days. On to something then a bit more positive, and that's the continuing renaissance, if you like, of Stephen Davis. Martin, uh, you and I um, did this show a few weeks ago, and what we suggested was that he has ability that Our other midfielders just don't have And that's no disrespect to them It's just some players are more talented than others And if he could continue to find his form And it turns out it was a settling in period That he could be a real asset And I think he's demonstrating that Because the thing I like about Stephen Davis is When he's playing well Is he just gets on with his game And circumstances etc don't bother him And we're beginning to see yesterday If you look at the kind of drive and purpose he had That that was most involved at the goal I, I thought he had a super match for Rangers
0: yeah, he was excellent. This is the Steve Davis that we we needed in January, um, and it's I guess another example why that that market that particular window is is difficult because you usually are picking players up that I'm uh, absolutely on it f- uh, physically because they're, they're not getting game time. Um, he was everywhere. He was playing just in front of the centre half. So he was linking up uh, in the box, obviously for the goal um he was just cover every blade of grass and his composure's been the kind of trademark of his his game since uh I'd fostered any consciousness out of him when he when he arrived the first time um he he looked like even in that team the the only player that could pass a football um he he just looked a different different class then, and he still has that and you're absolutely right he, he doesn't get affected by uh, anything that's going on uh, around him and Taking that into the, to the summer, taking it into next season is so important for us next year.
2: Cammy, you must be happy that, you know, we've got at least one Northern Irish international who returned to Rangers for a, a sex spell who hasn't been a disgrace. Um, that's a harsh, harsh comment, David. And Where's the run that... of goals, Cammy? All season, uh, yeah. you said. Can't judge him till, till March and April and May. Well, we're in, mate. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You should displace Jermaine Defoe.
1: Um Listen, what what you what you saw from Stephen Davis yesterday, and and I mean you can't take away, you know, obviously how he's been playing in the last couple of weeks because he's he's absolutely been back on form. But what I loved yesterday was if you just watch the the initial you know build up to the goal, uh, Davis wins the header, jumps to to win a, a loose ball, which falls to Ryan Jack. But again, if you watch his segment of play again, as soon as Davis jumps and gets that ball, and he knows it's going to Ryan Jack, as soon as his feet are on the ground, he's off and running. Mm-hmm. He, he, he sees the space in front of him, absolutely exploits it. Jack's smart enough to play an excellent ball in to be able to try and get it, but you've still got to look at the fact that Davis didn't he didn't wait for that that segment of play to catch up with him. He was off, he was mm-hmm. gone, and as soon as his feet hit the ground, he was, he was on his bike. Um, Jack obviously puts on a lovely ball for him, and the the ball that Davis puts in, listen, it looks simple, but actually it's really, really not because that's a tough ball to be able to put in with the outside of your right foot to make sure that it falls in front of Defoe, but Defoe can't commit too early, otherwise he's caught offside. Just absolutely fantastic. And I know, listen, you know, we're sitting here, we're saying, you know, it's a dead rubber and I get all the rest of it. That segment of play within itself, we can start to replicate that at the beginning of next season then that's the Davis that you know we all wanted, as
2: Martin says, back in January.
1: But I'm glad he's here now.
2: Yeah, definitely. And speaking of uh, the other big arrival in January, Martin, that was, of course, Jermaine Defoe. Now, the manager had a decision to make yesterday with the return of Alfredo Morelos from his suspension. And he stuck with Jermaine Defoe, I think probably in... in uh, deference for his form over the last month um, he was rewarded with a goal and another decent display I thought and, as I say in the first half uh, and of course when Morelos came on understandably after effectively a month out he, he didn't look at his sharpest, you still saw glimpses because absolutely. he's obviously a very talented player but uh, to me it was the right decision anyway and I think that the way the game panned out indicated that uh, it probably was
0: It absolutely was um, and unless there's some Fatigue or a knock or or um, something behind the scenes that we are, we're unaware of. I think managers um, get themselves in knots a wee bit when they they give players a chance. They respond very positively. Then the first question they've they've got to ask they you know they they they, they sling them. So I was happy to see the same team. And they, as I said, the first half they just picked up. You know, kind of where they, they've they've left off of of late. They were. Um, Dynamic at times. Uh, still, some in the midfield. I, I don't think Kamara or Jack were at their absolute best yesterday. Um, just needing that extra bit touch too much. But when we did get going, uh, yeah, we, we looked very impressive. And Defoe is a big part of that. He's intelligence. He's movement. Um, clearly, um, links that, uh, that that impetus up from from behind.
2: I think Cammy that he links really well with Scott
1: Arfield. Yeah. He, he absolutely does, and. As bizarre as this might sound, I actually think his movement for me is more impressive than his goals. And, and just to to give some colour behind that, uh, there was, to my mind, at least two or three chances yesterday that for me he created purely out of being able to drag defenders with him. And he created acres and acres of space. Now, don't get me wrong, there was a couple of them that you would have expected him to test the keeper and he put the shot wide, etc. And his, his, his goal itself, which obviously took really, really well, is all about that predatory instinct that he has, but he will absolutely make very, very intelligent runs, which will not only bring defenders with him, but create space for other players. Um, but his footballing brain is, is I mean, as is, is sharp as attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an experience which you buy. And I get that. I, I, I totally stood by Gerard yesterday in terms of his, his selection process. And, um, I would like to see life beyond Alfredo Morelos. And if that includes Jermaine Defoe, then listen, I'm, I'm, you know, really, really happy with that because I don't think we need a 25-year-old Jermaine Defoe to, you know, give us lung-busting runs. Actually, you can see the difference that he makes as soon as he either, you know, is in that kind of final third waiting for the ball coming in or even with the ball at his feet, he'll start to create chances regardless. Um, So, no, it was still good with that, I think the chance that Alfie had late on when Kandias obviously slid the ball across to him and it was just a, a fraction too far in front of him and he obviously had to stop and pirouette a little bit difficult but listen I would like to have seen Alfie get a goal back but it's now a, a, a decent selection headache and personally speaking I would still start four against the animals but we'll, we'll see obviously what happens
2: yeah, I would too but uh, one thing Martin and I saw this being discussed on uh, the, the follow follow forum Last night, and that was something that, that's happened in a few games recently where Rangers have been a goal up, uh, the better side, and have been trying to retain the ball. Um, we saw it against Aberdeen the week before when Rangers were just keeping the ball and the crowd getting a bit antsy, a bit frustrated, and getting on their back, which usually then leads to the ball going back to centre half who launches it. We lose possession, the frustration ramps up. Is this a situation where the onus is on the team or is it on us as a support to go right, you know, calm down. We know what they're trying to do here. Let's let's get behind this. We're keeping the ball, we're winning, we're trying to entice we moan all the time that teams sit in. We're obviously trying to entice one out. Is it about being a little bit calmer from us, or are are the fans justified with a no get it get it out of the park, get get moving? <laughs> he, <laughs>
0: Yeah, you you're you're right. It we I think we're probably more at fault than than the, the team are. Um but that's a football and culture thing and that's not going to change any time soon. It's just what Scottish football is. Uh, I did hear the actual phrase get it in the mixer yesterday. Um <laughs> which I haven't heard for a wee while, actually, but um, it was it was nice to hear that come back. Um, and the ball did go in the mixer, and it was fucking atrocious. And I felt like shouting back, well, you know, you asked for that. Um, yeah, you got it. There you go. Huh? I think where the, the the frustration is when there is acres of space in front and some players still take that five-yard pass back to Connor Goldson instead of driving on a wee bit and, and, and try to make other things happen. And again, that, that goes back to a discussion we've had all season long about bravery on the ball uh, and about risk-reward and uh, and everything else. But but yeah, it's a, it's a vicious cycle in Scottish football. Our culture uh, isn't very advanced when it comes to appreciating other elements of the game. It has to be at pace. It has to be direct. Otherwise, it's tippy-tappy fanning about.
2: Yeah, we're not, we're not renowned for enjoying that sort of thing here, are uh, we? But uh, overall then, a decent win, five on the spin, and we head into the old firm game in relatively good form. Now, uh, one of the rather tiresome shock jock pundits that pollute Scottish football... I uh, I speak, of course, of the uh, bankrupt, couldn't wait to get sent off, accuse other team of cheating, pundit that is Chris Sutton, um, clearly looking for attention. Suggested before the uh, the Aberdeen Celtic game was even finished yesterday that Celtic should uh, expect Rangers to give them a guard of honor at Ibrox. Um, now, this has caused uh, a bit of discussion. Um, there are two schools of thought among the Rangers fans Um, half of them think that Chris Sutton is a prick and the other half of them think that Chris Sutton is an an annoying prick so what are your views on Rangers giving Celtic a guard of honour the recent examples of course where Hibbs refused to do it for Rangers a couple of seasons ago and Celtic refused to do it for Rangers in 2010 Cameron although I believe some of the other teams who you know generally speaking, would applaud Celtic going to the park, regardless of the result, have maybe done it for them in the last couple of seasons? I think that
1: um, the, the, the days that I, well, the day that I take lessons in sportsmanship and morality from Chris Sutton or Celtic, you're as well calling the game a bogey. Um, absolutely under no circumstances should we do it. You're talking about a club that has lost evidence of hanging effigies you're talking about a club that's quite well, happy to, to be have... fair, they didn't lose the evidence. That was that
2: was the prosecutors.
1: Okay, well, um, let's just say there was things going on behind the scenes then, allegedly. Let's just leave it at that. You're talking about a, a club whose fans openly display references to Huns as part of their banners. Um, killing, social... killing them. Yes, yeah, and kill killing them, Huns, yes. Kill. Yes, correct. Uh you're talking about a club that will uh, not refer to Rangers. Uh, won't refer to the term old firm because they obviously believe that the club ceased to exist Uh, no, Um, I think if Rangers were to consider doing a guard of honour it would be a very very poor PR move and I would have absolutely no interest in it whatsoever, we've shown that we can be respectful with the recent passing of Billy McNeil etc I simply won't Entertain any idea that we've to be dictated to in this regard, not by that club and not by that man.
2: Martin, you're much more sensible and down to earth than me and Kami, and your heart isn't so black and hate-filled. Tell us, tell us that me and Cami are wrong and that this is morally the right thing to do, etc. and so forth.
0: <laughs> nope. Uh, <laughs> listen. It's not a thing, and it never was a thing. And nope. and Sutton wins again. You know, he he wasn't serious, for not for a minute. And we keep biting. I know that that's the that's the state of the media in in this country. That's that's what they prefer, and it's what they prefer because it, it generates a lot of buzz and it generates a lot of of heat. Um, it 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 was never it was never a question. Um and. It, it may have been done back in the day, and uh, but back in the day, the relationship between the the two clubs was very different, and there is no honour at all. No, um, I mean, in, in this for club, me, it's
2: can be touched upon. It's a club who, who can't even bring themselves to use your name, yeah. who continually make unnecessary public digs, who go out of their way to pander to the moronic element of their support at our fans' expense. And to me, that, why do it if you don't believe it? And Rangers don't. So first of all, it would be false. So what's the point? Secondly, um, you, you can be perfectly respectful without clapping them onto the pitch. As you say, I think it's a very kind of... I know it, it was something that originated decades before, but it's been brought back recently, It'd fallen out of the game. And I think it's it's a kind of new agey thing and and to me one of the most depressing things i find are where people do things to show what good guys they are and they want and they want respect. they don't believe it but they do it anyway because they want the kudos for doing it. i i find that so fucking false and depressing when people do that i right I'm, I'm not a good guy you know i mean i'm not a particularly nice bloke i don't want Celtic fans to think, ah, you know, you at the end of the day, you, you can put that aside. I can't put it aside. Fuck you. As Cammy mentioned, you're a sordid, despicable organisation that, um, let's face it, all good God-fearing people will despise with every fibre of their being and clap you onto a pitch? No, no thank you. I'd clap you off it if the ambulance was sitting waiting, but that's about the only time that I wish to get involved in applauding a Celtic player either coming onto or exiting the park at ibrox so i think it's safe to say we're against this folks but you might you might feel differently um and it's not for us to tell to tell you that you're wrong hopefully your mates will do that for us so then um it's uh getting, getting towards the end of the season and uh thoughts turn to the summer and martin your thoughts have turned to the summer ready with a massive project and i'm very pleased that martin is on here to announce the first ever heart in hand book
0: yes indeed and um, this follows the i think success and and, and good reception our 50 greatest goals uh project got last year uh, There were three pods just out before christmas and uh, a great response by the listeners to select the top 10 it's very much the same idea but this time for the Greatest Rangers games, um, the polls are open and will close on 31st of May. Uh, I'm looking for, in your opinion, the the, the 10, your 10 uh, Greatest Rangers games, not necessarily your favourite games, not necessarily the, the, the 10 that you enjoyed being at, um, don't even have to have been born um, to recognise history, I suppose, what greatness means. Uh, will be very subjective, and that, that's part of the interest. Um, so we will hopefully uh, get all of your your responses uh, this month. It's Martin at Heart and co uk. That's Martin with a Y in Heart and Hand, all one word. And we'll do the shows again, probably five uh, pods running down at the, the top fifty, and then I will be writing them up in a in a book. Yeah, uh, fifty different. Chapters will try and bring uh, uh, these games to life, I guess, in, in, in much the same way that the, the time capsule does, the detail, uh, the, the fans' perspective uh, of being there, try to put them into some kind of context, um, given the, the hindsight have, but maybe more importantly, try to understand why some games resonate and others don't, and why things are high in the list, and why maybe some games didn't get there at all. So that's uh, a very busy sum, indeed, but I'm looking forward to it.
2: Yes, yes, and uh, later this year, you'll be able to get your hands on David Edgar's Heart and Hand Presents the 50 Greatest Rangers Games of All Time by Martin Ramsey, forward by David Edgar. And uh, you'll be able to get, uh, we're, we're agreed on the title, right? That was... I
0: to, I've told you before that the publisher thought it was a, a little bit wordy.
2: Damn it. Um, we could drop the name from <laughs> it. <laughs> anyway, that, that's two words. To say. Well, three if you take the bat out as well. So, uh, no, that, that's good. Sir, it's going to be brilliant. Sir Martin Ramsey, you can, take, you can take that out as well. Oh that, that'll be that'll be in a few years. Uh that'll be after this book comes out. I mean it's 'cause let's let's face it, this is a, a, a Tolstoy esque contribution to the literary canon. And uh, no, I'm very looking forward to it. I've seen Martin's three sample chapters that he did for the publisher. Um you'll be hoping what like, fuck those games get in yet yeah. otherwise. <laughs> 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 Otherwise, oh, well, I'm pretty, pretty
0: sure they'll make it. I think they'll make it. <laughs> that
2: they'll, they'll make it. Um, obviously, Dan Egan's uh, that friendly Dan Egan played in. Oh, um, I'm waiting for that 20. coming up. Yeah, yeah I think that. I know. at least one vote, mate. So, uh, uh, looking forward to that. Cammy, any games off the top of your head that you think? Oh, I, I would, I would definitely go for that one.
1: Um, it's really tough. I, I think. Uh, some of them, because Martin's right. The, the the problem you've got is though that there's so many in terms of the historical importance of obviously going through the club. You've got the sentimental ones. You've got the ones of the whole I was there and it was amazing and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if I've got any off the top of my head that aren't going to be massively obvious. I, I obviously contributed towards uh, Martin's first project, and that in itself was horrendous. It's probably...
2: It's and I
1: I, I, and 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 with the best one in the world, I don't have children. But it would probably be for me what what it would feel like if you had to pick your favourite and kill the others. And it was just difficult. It was very very difficult. So um, yeah, I, I don't have any that I would put right off the top of my head. Because by the time I was finishing my sentence, I'd come up with another game that was probably more important to me. Um, I do not envy Martin one iota. But what I will say is he was wrong in one regard. Um, it wasn 't considered successful; it was massively successful and uh, enormously uh, well appreciated It was absolutely fantastic and uh, I genuinely i can 't wait to to hear the next uh, the next installment.
2: Now, there is a a timestamp on this, folks. You've got to have your votes in by the end of May. Martin at heartandhand.co.uk. Martin with a Y, yes, uh, that kind of spelling. And uh, you've got to get it in by the end of May or they won't be considered, and he is very strict on this sort of thing. But uh, I'll be contributing as well. I'll be sending my votes in. And as Cammy says, though, it's not just you think, all right, 10, and you come up with 10. And then as Cammy says, you suddenly realise you've got in your head 40 and you've got to, and then you go right. Well, I wasn't around for seventy two, but still, you've got to have seventy two in there. And then you go, or well, the guy's a three one game, and you think, well, was eight in a row more valid than the game at, at Dundee United? You know, to, for nine in a row, and it, just so many decisions that that pop up. We're also we're no also going to be selling. We're also going to be selling tickets
1: to watch Hoggy come up with his list, which will be <laughs> pure entertainment. I mean, pure entertainment. Hoggy will go through such a range of emotions, most oh. of them anger. Um, but it will be great to watch.
0: Have a beautiful yeah, mind, you'll be just writing it. In that's, medals I was and... going to
2: say, Hoggy's a, a maths graduate. He's you know very, very analytical mind. and I, I guarantee you he has some form of chart involving pins. And you know, he'll be moving bits about It'll look like the war room um, Under Eisenhower I think When when Hoggy comes to do it So get your top 10 in Martin at heartandhand.co.uk And as he said there it, There's no rules There's no or oh, you have to have been at it Or uh, anything like that It has to be a certain competition It's just whatever you think uh, it could be your ten favourites. It could be the ten most important. Whatever you want, because this is the definitive fans project. So please send them in. And uh, we had a good week last week on and Hand. If you listen to my Hand Extra, you would have heard Ian Durant's interview. Uh, yeah, Stephen Harrigan conducting that, and Martin and myself got the opportunity to meet one of our Rangers heroes on Friday and deliver an interview for our Patreon listeners. You will have read about it because it's been all over the papers since, and that was of course Lorenzo Amoruso, who spoke very passionately about a lot of things to do with Rangers, including his relationship with Dick Advocate Martin,
0: oh, I was fucking terrified by the time he got to that. <laughs> just looking at the the <laughs> the. <laughs> The the volume is increasing, the the, the colour was uh, changing his face. He's up it was uh it was a great hour that, that we, we spent in his company. Uh thank you to, to five stars for uh setting that up. He's just uh he's just a Ranger's captain, David.
2: Yes, he is and uh a line that thrilled me where he said, Yeah, okay, we've won five one, but what about my fucking clean sheet? which is just the greatest attitude for a defender to to have if you want to listen to it you just need to go to heart and hand over on Patreon and subscribe just $1.99 per month you get tons of stuff like this over 100 hours every single month and if you're a Rangers fanatic and if you're listening to this you are or you're a Celtic fan which means you are a fanatic about Rangers as well, then just one ninety nine per month, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. Uh, try it. Uh, you'll love it. You will absolutely love it. Okay, then, folks, that'll do us. Uh, today, we'll be back on Thursday with a preview of the upcoming Old Firm game. Just time to thank our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers, and to thank my guests today, two, two wonderful contributions. First of all, the lovely Cameron James Bell. Thank you, David. Thank you, Martin. A pleasure, as always, to
1: talk about the greatest football club in the world.
2: And the splendid Martin, I don't know his middle name, (laughs) Ramsey. Thank you for that. Yes, pleasure, boys, as always. We'll be back on Thursday. Until then, you know where you can go if you want to listen to some more. Look forward to talking to you. Bye-bye.